everyone, and welcome back once again to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we have hit the halfway point in our journey through The Crown Season 5, because today we'll be talking about The Crown Season 5, Episode 5, The Way Ahead. Joining me as always to break down this episode are my two co-hosts. First, you know you can't start your week without this man. In fact, you may need him several times per week. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, how do you keep up with this type of demand? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> can you give this question to Carlin instead? <laughs> can we switch this week? Can you ask me what you would have asked Carlin? Sure. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll reintroduce you. Uh, first, Ivan, uh, a man who is actively looking for the phone call between Charles and Camilla so he could put Diana out of her misery. It is Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, <laughs> uh, can you believe that uh, this was just happenstance or was was he looking for this? Like the guy who stumbled upon the call? You yeah, mean? the guy in the van. I uh, God, That's not that much better of a question because... <laughs> <laughs> like okay uh yes he was looking for it sam <laughs> carlin greenwald you are also back with us today how do you keep up with the demand of <laughs> being needed several times per week you know you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> hold so, on yeah, Ivan, that's ask, all me you that need. ask me that question again i think i got an answer now ivan how do you deal with the demand of being needed several times per week well sam I've got one simple rule for how I keep my life organized. Inbox zero. <laughs> okay. And that's me at IvanVukovic.com. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the goal is to just, you know, knock out those demands as quickly and as, you know, directly as possible. I, I, I like to check things off. There you go. Um, Volume our- doesn't intimidate me. <laughs> okay. I don't think it intimidated Camilla either. Before we get things kicked off, we just like to say at the top of the podcast that if you came here for any sort of factual clarity, you have not come to the correct place because we don't know. We are three regular people who don't know anything about the royal family, and we are just going to watch The Crown to learn, and we're going to assume that it's all correct and go from there. It's also worth saying at this point, if you've come to The Crown for factual clarity, <laughs> especially in season five, I don't think you're going to get it. Well, you know, Except yeah. Except for this episode. Uh, even this episode, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get into that. But uh... Let's just do that. Ivan, can you give us a recap of The Way Ahead? I would love to, Sam. Um, yeah, so in 1989, uh, there's just like an everyday citizen who is a like a radio wave enthusiast or something uh, that comes across a very intimate call between Charles and Camilla. Um, you know, very private, very salacious call. Uh, he takes this tape, sells it to the Daily Mirror, who decides that they can't do anything with it because, uh, you know, it would essentially be the catalyst for the ra- royal marriage falling apart. And then it's three years later, 1992, uh, and all of a sudden the royal marriage has fallen apart, uh, wherein uh, Charles and Camilla have finally gotten a blessing from Elizabeth to go their separate ways and do, I guess, I don't know if it's a trial separation or just intended to be uh, like the first step toward divorce, but uh, they are splitting up effectively. Uh, So the press now uses this as kind of a green light to go ahead and publish that scandalous tape, uh, which uh, creates a lot of, uh, you know, buzz and controversy um, around Charles. Um, And meanwhile, the royal family is trying 
desperately to rehabilitate their image and appear more uh, modern and relevant uh, in today's society. Uh, and no one is more keen to do this than Charles himself, who has always felt that the uh, monarchy should play a more um, active and opinionated role in the world's events, which is an opinion that Elizabeth does not share. Uh, so he takes it upon himself to start kind of lining up the pieces uh, for his eventual rule, uh, whenever that may be. He's already setting up his own uh, kind of private separate court uh, that can essentially uh, put together, uh, you know, the roadmap for what uh, the King Charles III reign is going to look like and already kind of get a leg up on some of that work. Um, and also, uh, as a part of that, uh, his team sets up a television appearance for him, uh, wherein he talks a lot about his views, his perspectives, uh, his uh, perspective on uh, the role of the crown. Um, and this ends up being a very, very big uh, PR win for him. Uh, in parallel, he's also uh, managing the Prince's Trust, which is a youth outreach organization that is, uh, you know, helping a lot of disadvantaged youngsters across the UK um, and, uh, you know, helping them move toward a brighter future. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, this episode is kind of a big love letter to Charles, which I think we're going to spend a lot of time uh, unpacking during today's discussion. Uh, but yes, that is uh, season five, episode five, The Way Ahead. Thanks, Ivan. My first thought on this is probably not where you would expect me to go, but the Daily Mail is so full of shit. Like, they're like, you know, we, uh, we're, we're not going to publish this now because, uh, you know, we care about the royal marriage, but the entire institution, well, yeah, three years later, yeah, we'll tear it down. Like, what? Like, what? Get out of here. I have no respect for that. <laughs> that is so interesting, though, because they couldn't have, like, predicted. I guess they just assumed that it would fall apart on its own at some point, that they could, like, I just want to know. Not that it matters, but was it the Daily Mail or the Daily Mirror? I thought it was Daily Mail. Not that it matters. Not that it matters. Because uh, we, yeah. we don't care about the facts on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, this was a love letter to Charles. Um, and we knew that immediately when there was rolling thunder and Charles was standing in a field talking about how one describes being the Prince of Wales. <laughs> like, I thought like a music video was starting. <laughs> I, I may be getting my wires crossed here, but if I'm not mistaken, I think this episode opens with, at least with the closed captioning, literally saying thunder rumbling. Yeah. I get my timeline mixed up. 1989, is that season four or season five? That is, I believe, season four era. So, uh, you know, Ooh. again, <laughs> again, they're dipping back into, uh, you know, previous uh, casts of this show while transposing the new cast and... You know, they built an entire episode around this concept, and I'd hope to never see it again. But here we are getting a little bit of uh, double dipping there. Yeah. How dare we not get a Josh O'Connor phone sex scene? Like they had to deny <laughs> us that. Come on, people. I don't know. It feels it feels a little bit less awkward when Dominic West does it. I feel like his voice is more suited to it. Like Josh O'Connor the with point. the it's accent. It's supposed it would to be, be awkward. <laughs> Dominic West did too good of a performance. <laughs> It is still pretty awkward. I mean, when when they talk about like uh, like I mean, Sam, do you have a transcript of this call for us to reference? Because I don't want to misquote it, but like the part where you know Camilla's like uh, you know you know that show start the week. I want to start the week with you on Sundays, and and it, it just <laughs> felt so. 
just cringe and forced. Like, I mean, what would be the equivalent? It's just like, you know, that show Good Morning America? Well, I want to wake up and say good morning to you every day. Like, I mean, what are they talking about? I guess we're just getting right into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are the, what was the, their, what is Fred and Gladys from? I feel like they're just, their whole relationship has always been making cringe TV references. This is very on point for them. But, oh my God. <laughs> I can't true. believe this really happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't have the full transcript because I feel like the like conversation was prop, was it like three minutes around of screen time? It was like, it went on for a it long time. It felt like three hours. <laughs> Oh yeah, they they want to give us the full thing. I have like Charles wants to be a tampon. He yeah. like a tampon floats in the toilet. Like <laughs> Oh yeah, he was very specific about how his luck, he would end up being the tampon that just floats around and goes in circles <laughs> in the toilet and doesn't ever go down. And you're like how is the whatever. Yeah, I uh I did not transcribe Creativity. it. But I have I have just the highlights, I think. I'm sure you can look up the this sounds like they used the actual transcript, so you can look up the real one. Oh, I guess that's true. I could look up the original article. Because why would it be three minutes if it's not the actual thing? Yeah, I, well, that's and true. also, wasn't the entire scandal here like built specifically around like the the tampon discussion? But I feel like that that's not even really the worst of it. People love that tampon part. I mean, the funny thing is, it's not even like that's when they're talking dirty. That's like when they're describing how like unhappy they are. They can't like live together. It, like it's, yeah, I know that good, uh, whatever that show is, that's where the dirty stuff comes in. But <laughs> no, it's wild. They're so weird. I know. I oh thought that the the like facial expressions in the last episode at uh, the, the toe sucking was fun. But- like Anne reading the newspaper, <laughs> I was like, she looks like when a Muppet gets like distressed, like when Kermit, like <laughs> when Kermit is like upset and they just like put the, like put the puppet in a fist. <laughs> yeah. That was like Anne's actual face. There, there is nobody <laughs> in the history of the entire crown cast that has done like a better job just expressing like disdain and disgust <laughs> than this uh you know current version of uh Anne. like she uh claudia harrison that right that's the name of the actress yeah she like she could probably just tear you apart with a cold stare if, if she like looked at you in a critical way good for her good for her for expressing what we all think uh is she is she like now like the like favorite Anne? like i feel like she's been in this season a lot like no fa favorite Anne was season one Anne who was just there in the background <laughs> as a little girl playing around. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like this Anne. I, I feel like there have been, uh, you know, few members of the cast so far in season five where I feel like they have given me something new uh, from, you know, this person or, or this character or however we want to think of them that the previous cast hadn't also done a good job doing. Um, I, yeah, I feel like this Anne brings a new layer. Um, you know, she's now middle-aged, uh, you know, has, uh, much like Margaret, kind of started to sour and take a more dim view of life uh, and the world around her. And uh, yeah, is just kind of ready to tell it like it is. And yeah. I respect it. I can't believe that Charles and Anne are so close that they want to discuss this ever. Like, if I ever saw my brother in, like, a scandal like this, I'd just be like, I'm going to pretend this never happened. Don't talk to me. I'm trying to erase <laughs> it from my memory. Well, you know, 
Charles and Anne, especially in the past, like their scandals have actually been intertwined before, like especially when it comes to, you know, uh, the entire uh, Parker Bowles clan where, you know, between Andrew and and uh, and what's her name? Like, yeah, they've all just been mixed up in each other's business. So I, I don't think it's really kind of overstepping boundaries because those boundaries were deteriorated decades ago. Yeah, they were. That's just unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to assume, right, how, like, Camilla and Charles have known each other for a very long time now. This can't be the first rodeo for them on the phone. Is this, like, a sign of fatigue, like, comparing yourself to a tampon? Like, have they really just exhausted all other <laughs> options at this Well, no, point? I think they just are so open with how they talk about each other that they would just bring something like this up. To me, it, it like, it's weird because this actual conversation, if it was just like a couple without all the baggage, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, they're just a, they're a couple. They can talk about, talk to each other about weird stuff, but then you're just like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, I'm so shocked glad. that like Charles brings up at one point, like, how can they publish this? You're telling me the royal family can't afford like the best lawyer in the UK to shut it down. <laughs> do you know what Charles need to do? Do you know what Charles needs to do? Move to Is, America? Uh, sign off on a piece of uh, legislation that would limit the uh, freedoms of the press in the UK. <laughs> oh, my God. That is oh a reference to King Charles III uh, for those listeners who have probably rightfully so skipped that episode. Did you like that God. they said King Charles III in this episode? I, I think they were referencing the movie, Sam. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the, the whole Parker Bowles clan thing... First of all, Andrew having to answer the phone. Yes. Andrew should have just hung up. Uh, well, no, no, no. Because again, like Andrew explained why this was going on. He answered the phone because they didn't know who was calling. It became clear that it's Charles. And so then, uh, you know, Camilla had to go into another room where she could pick up another uh, receiver. Uh, but until she did that, he had to stay on the line because otherwise it would get disconnected. And just so, put the phone down and not. <laughs> no, 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 no. He can't do that though, because because he needs to know once Camilla has picked up the phone, so that he can then, uh, you know, put that receiver uh, back in its. Uh, God, I'm landline telephone terms are, uh, are completely escaping my memory. But this is how things were in the '90s. Trust me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just really made me. Like, this was the '80s. Actually, dislike them even more than I already did. Just, I don't know. There's something about taking a call from your mister when you're having, hanging out with your kids, like and right the there. the entire family down to the children knew what was going on. I just, that's, that's just, I don't know. Like, you know that Har like Harry and William were like, you know, victims of this whole tumultuous marriage, but like those kids too, they suffered. They didn't ask yeah. for this. Like th there was a pretty like close up shot of, uh, uh, you know, one of Camilla's daughters who like as soon as, you know, mommy started to go away into the bedroom, the daughter was like, oh, shit, did Charles ruin Christmas again? Did, is he taking our mother then, away from us? And then Charles. Why don't we have an episode with them? And then Charles, after Camilla gets on the phone, is like, why don't you answer the phone? That was so awkward. Like this situation that you created. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> Here, here's my thought. Like Charles was calling, uh, uh, you know, Camilla from what looked like, uh, you know, a prehistoric cell phone. Like this is like the early <laughs> days of mobile technology. If he yeah. really cared that much, he would have gotten her her own like line and her this own phone. This is so and, true. And just had that be like the dedicated conversation line. 
it probably would have been even less secure. That's probably why the call got intercepted. Because <laughs> he was on his cell phone. I know. As soon as someone learns that this can happen, how is this not like a slippery slope? Like, how is every conversation that they have not immediately getting intercepted? I don't know. You'd think that one guy would be like, hey, I have a gold mine on my hands. I'm going <laughs> to hang out here all the time. Well, was the guy, uh, the guy was based probably wherever Charles was, or or was he closer to Camilla? Well, wasn't Charles... he at Highgrove? No, Charles was like on the road. He was at like uh, uh, Cheshire or something, like delivering, hmm. or like having dinner with like some Eaton people, or I, I don't even know what he was doing. He was on the road. So I think that's why he had his uh, uh, cell phone with him from a brand that probably no longer exists. I'm telling you, that guy, you, sir, you should have monetized. Then you go set up at, uh, you set, and we're, yeah, I guess if he has <laughs> stay on that road, just always be intercepting on the road. I'm surprised you didn't try to sell it again. Like, it, after you've sold something and you're like, a year goes by, you're like, hey, I sold this thing to them uh, quite some time ago. Uh, they're not really doing anything with it. Like, how does he not have multiple copies? You didn't think that far ahead. This is the 90s. <laughs> This is the 80s. Oh, this is the 80s. <laughs> this, is, this is 89. Yeah. This is season four era. Season four era. They got the wrong actors. That is, I didn't realize that. And that is actually bothering me now. Because <laughs> you wanted Josh O'Connor. Well, yeah, because it also will highlight the fact that like they're a little tiny bit younger and a little tiny bit stupider. Yeah. I don't get here. Yeah. They buy it just to put into a safe. And uh, I mean, I've talked about that already. I don't need to talk about it again. But... <laughs> um. We cut then ahead to 1992, a horrible year by all accounts, except for Carlin's mom. And mm-hmm. Aladdin Charles- came out that year too. Oh, that's good. Do good. Like things. a movie that America like- was probably doing. Wait, what was America doing in 1992? We're, we were with Clinton. Clinton we Bush, yeah. So I guess we were having an okay time. Also, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Okay. So America. Batman Returns. <laughs> Batman Returns. Good year for film. <laughs> But yeah, so it's 1992. I want to know if this happened before or after that dinner. Like, was Elizabeth thinking about the tampon while she was thinking about the horrible year? I just need to know. Uh, well, hold on. The hor- yeah, because this this is now like end of 1992. This is the holidays, right? So it just gets worse after she says <laughs> it's been a horrible year. Then she gets the tampon. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, it's the holidays in 89. We don't know what part of 92 we're in. Yeah. I like to think it was after. Just another punch. I feel like they reference some of the things that occurred in the horrible year speech. Like, they mentioned the fire. They mentioned the divorces. So I feel like this is definitely post-horrible year. And it's probably, like, in the wake of people responding to her speech about it having been a horrible year and admitting some of the ways that she could have been better, that they form mm-hmm. this council uh, a council of war philip calls it so they really are going into this with the right mindset that's how you know hasn't he had several councils of war now didn't he have one for charles when he <laughs> first got with camilla yeah and he's very specific that it's not the way forward it's the way ahead what is the difference um forward implies progress which they don't want to do <laughs> that's what i thought like why what's wait. wrong with the way forward does wait does he want forward or ahead he wants ahead yeah, that which is I mean, kinky. They seem very. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Jeez. Uh, uh, 
yeah, those they seem pretty interchangeable. <laughs> like you could you could flip the words around and he could make the same like, you know, declaration like we don't just want to move ahead, we want to move forward. It sounds very Walt Disney. He just didn't want to. Okay, so the uh they have this group and uh it's all about monar- modernizing the monarchy, which I feel like Philip has actually been like a part of those conversations in the past, right? Like I feel like we yeah. saw Matt Smith doing this like what decades ago he him and his tv yeah the TV. Yeah, exactly like his his big idea was tv and now that he's accomplished that he's like yep we're we're we've got everything we need in the monarchy well i feel like that's what happens with middle-aged people like they have ideas for change when they're young but then once they stop being young they're like everything's good now <laughs> this is well past middle age carlin <laughs> <laughs> no they're in their 60s isn't that like early old? philip i thought we agreed he was like 70 at this point was he 70 Philip's got to be like at least at 70 now. Okay, early senior. I mean, when he died, he was like almost called? 100, right? And that was like last year. So this was 30 oh. years ago from that. Okay, so yeah, he was 70. So yeah, now a big idea is occasionally letting people from the public sit in the royal box at Albert Hall. Uh, <laughs> you don't <laughs> Why have. Why haven't they been doing that? <laughs> like, you could get so much money. <laughs> You don't have to bow or curtsy to some members of the royal family. I'm assuming Andrew. Um, (laughs) And uh, the band gets to play a little bit more during the changing of the guard. How did they have so little self-awareness? Like who, like if you show up to a meeting, like at a company with ideas that are like that small in scale, even the most bureaucratic of companies would be like, all right, we need you to think a little bigger than that. The Royal Box at Albert Hall is a funny one to me. I don't know. Because then I no imagine like... that box. Yeah, I imagine like then as soon as it starts happening, they're like, oh, I can't believe that person is sitting in my chair. <laughs> like it would be an empty chair otherwise, but they're still like, how dare they? But uh, Charles has some radical ideas. He wants the monarchy to fund itself, which I think a lot of the people want as well. <laughs> um... <laughs> He wants to end the bar on eldest daughters inheriting the throne, which I I get confused about the timeline because if that's true, like, is it just like because Birdie didn't have any sons that Liz ended up on the throne and they didn't just skip to the next male, like, Mm -hmm. they but they wouldn't just like skip to another male descendant? No, no, no. They're they're giving it to Rhaenyra. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, Rhaenyra wishes she was in this system. Charles in this room really gets carried away. He's like throwing down. He's bringing up the Queen Victoria syndrome poll. He says he wants a welfare monarchy. What does that mean? When, aren't they already a welfare monarchy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're on welfare with the state and make them pay for everything. I'm confused by those two things together. A welfare monarchy. I don't think you're going to get the answer from me, man. <laughs> All right. So we don't know what Charles is doing there. Didn't the girl thing only recently get changed? Who who blocked Charles for this long? Um, I don't know. I thought the most interesting part of this is afterwards, Queen Elizabeth is like, wow, Charles has so much more energy without Diana around. Oh my God. I wonder if she's thinking to herself, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have let them separate a while earlier. But you know, the funny thing is he had energy before she like shut him down when he did his Welsh speech. 
So That's true. <laughs> she's just taking the blame, deflecting the blame from her that she squashed her son. Speaking of Welsh, I, I will give props to Charles, like in that little like uh, dispute between uh, 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 Philip when Philip, uh, you know, like asked him to like recite the you know military like uh, you know mantra or vow or whatever, and and uh, Charles just to be a dick starts doing it in Welsh. That was pretty great. I mean that 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 is probably the best like Dominic West moment so far. Okay, but yeah, then the tape comes out. Philip seems to be the most upset about this, right? Like of of anybody who like reads it and and is involved and is close to the situation. Like Philip seems to be very mad, like he disproportionately just hates his son. mad. <laughs> yeah. I think he really just hates his son. <laughs> yeah, like if Anne had had the same thing, he'd be like, great. Like, I feel Queen Elizabeth almost has, like, no reaction. It feels like she's just, like, ignoring it. And she definitely just tuned it out completely. Like, oh, tampon, nope. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. But Philip is like, how dare you? I think I think for Elizabeth, it's like it's a drop in the bucket at this point. Like, (laughs) so much, like, ludicrous nonsense has gone down of late that this is just the latest in a long line of silliness. So... When when Diana was writing her book, they said something like, Charles, we're thinking that like another rival book is coming out, but it seems like that like wasn't actually the case. Otherwise, you would think it would have come out by now, or like now that we've gotten a Charles episode, he would have mentioned said book. So it was either a flop or nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, well apparently now he is going to start working on a book based off the success of this TV interview. Well, now mm-hmm. he is, but like the the motive for the Diana book was like, this other book that they were talking about. Like, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Diana's book was going to be like a... Yeah, it was a like preemptive strike, but against nothing. So they, they got some bad intel there. Or maybe that was just crafty work by Morton. Like, oh, there's another book. You got to do this yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Charles is like, you know what will save everything? A TV interview. But honestly, like, this is what he was made for. You know, like, Queen Elizabeth could not have wanted cameras around her less. But Charles is like... Finally, I get to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And and to his credit, you know, he goes on TV and basically says like, uh, yeah, non-Christians are British subjects too. deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. He said that's they say that's the point that resonates most with the listeners and the viewers is uh, that he's the defender of faith, not just the faith. He also says that, uh, you know, he he wants to be radical he wants to adapt. It just feel. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like he said a lot of nothing. I mean, I don't know how much he can, how much can he actually implement of any of these ideas? I mean, that's like, a good question. If he was going to defend faith, does that mean he wouldn't be associated with the Church of England anymore? Well, no, I, I think he, I, th- I think he's promoting the idea of like faith uh, just as a general concept, as opposed to like a very, you know, specific uh, line of thinking. Um which again is like he's still going to be the head of the Church of England, and I don't think his own uh, you know faith is going to be at least like publicly uh, repositioned. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like yeah, it's a safe thing to say that probably maybe ruffles some feathers in the Church of England, but you know who cares about them these days? Yeah, it's very interesting how political, like you know, political in the sense of like it's kind of what a politician will do, but like getting all the best statements out there. You you got them. you gotta wonder how this interview landed with uh, Philip's study group with all the priests. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so mad. They kicked him out of the group. 
Yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was a lot of nothing at the end of the day. It was a lot of just like platitudes. Maybe it's just because in this day and age, we've heard it all before. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I didn't and feel yet like it I made heard his that much. popularity soar. Like the interview was a, was a big hit enough to uh, uh, spur Diana's revenge dress moment, which I actually have some thoughts and questions about. Um, about so the revenge I, dress? About the revenge dress. Okay. Uh, so. I, I've known about the revenge dress. Like I've seen, uh, you know, the famous photo of her in it. Um, I didn't realize that it was like a direct reaction to like a positive like PR move for Charles, like post separation. I thought it had something like I thought it was more like interwoven with the like affair and the fact that she was being cheated on. And like even in this episode, I thought it would have like made sense for her to you know do the revenge dress moment as a result of the uh, a phone call transcript being published. But instead, it's like oh, it's like oh, he people like him and that's that doesn't sit well with me like i was confused like carlin you know a little bit more about diana than the rest of us like is this how it went down i don't remember the exact moment that it went down i remember it had something to do with the fact that like she now had the freedom to dress as she wanted to because they were very ironically given all her fashion like there were strict rules about what she couldn't couldn't wear and so the idea of wearing like it was like a black dress wasn't allowed and like the certain cut of it wasn't allowed so it, I remember it coming from that place of like, oh, I'm finally free from this family. I'm going to wear like what I want to wear and be seen as like my own person. But I would have to go back and check when exactly it happened because it feels like I can't tell if this is like a narrative choice of when they specifically. I wish they'd shown her point of view a little bit just because it's like, oh, a picture that we've all seen. It feels like that. Yeah, the show tried to position it as a direct reaction to something that shouldn't have created that strong of an emotional like retaliation from Diana. In fact, if anything, like, like I'm a little bit, cause like, okay, obviously Diana probably has a lot of reasons to dislike Charles and, you know, kind of latch on to anything like against him. But you also kind of have to wonder, like, isn't she thinking a little further ahead, like to William and like, if, Charles is paving the path for the monarch to live like, you know, a less stifling and confined life and one where they can kind of be themselves a little bit more. That bodes well for William, who you would think that she would, you know, be looking out for and want to, you know, see him uh, reap the positive repercussions of this. Yeah, that's why I don't know why they didn't give us a scene of her saying anything this episode. Like, it almost feels like a detriment that it was only Charles. And they even included this moment because it's like, okay. Thanks for telling us what's also going on in the world, but what's what is this about? To to I mean, you really have to buy into the revenge dress narrative, I guess, to get behind this theory. Like, is it just a dress? Like, well, it's the thing. I think that she, <laughs> I really do think she just wanted to wear. Like, they wanted yeah. to just show off. Yeah. Like, this is who I really am. This is what I would actually be wearing if I wasn't like with the royals. Carlin, have you ever put on a revenge dress? Uh, no, I have not. No need. Just. You, you have some nice dresses. What would it take <laughs> to, 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 to this? To, what would it take for you to decide like, hey, I need to wear a dress that sends a message that I'm pissed and ready to kind of one up someone? Uh, well, first of all, who, who, who's getting to see this dress? The world. How is the world seeing it? Instagram live. <laughs> I don't even have that many followers. 
like I mean, again, uh, again, like it, it would it would have to be something that was done to you or concerning you and or like yeah. directly harming you. Whereas like the way that the show like portrays it, it's like oh, I cannot stand Charles having like a positive moment, one that will, by the way, have you know good like uh, ramifications for my child that I love dearly. Like again, I'm not getting angry at her or or like i'm i'm just getting angry at the cho- at the show's choice to construct the narrative this way cuz it doesn't make a lick of sense no it doesn't and I, I think they really should have clarified like if this was in any way her team planning this like what what was the plan here we yeah. didn't get any plan no i will i do want to pull back on my earlier statement a little bit there was one interesting thing that charles said to me and that was that camilla is just a friend i have many friends like okay. at that point, just admit. Like, <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> like, it was so clearly phone. St- what? <laughs> what? I guess he has other mistresses. That's the other problem. Does he have other mistresses? Well, no. Okay, so the way that I interpreted it, because like he went on to say, like you know, once the once the marriage started falling apart and uh, you know w- w- was proven to be unsustainable, that's when he quote unquote rekindled his old friendship. So he keeps using the word friendship as like a a substitute for like, you know, romance or fling or affair or whatever. He's just, he's saying it without saying it. But then why would he also say he has many friends? Like, does he have many friends? Like quote unquote friends? Yeah, that's a weird move. Is he trying to say it both ways? I think he's implying that sometimes you fuck your friends. (laughs) <laughs> okay charles doesn't mean there's feelings but in this case with camilla there were there are so many feelings i just don't understand like at this point that doesn't feel like a good like camilla's not gonna be happy about that and her like camilla's relationship clearly over at this point now that this is out i don't see how like she and her husband like charles has to think like it's over well, for I mean, them. Yeah, the, sh- the 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 show, uh, you know, shows us this, like the fallout where she's, you know, being literally being like kicked out of the house and just like loading up her stuff in a moving van while the paparazzi are yelling at her. And by the way, there is one particular paparazzo that's just like, hey, Camilla, they're calling you plain Jane. What do you say to that? <laughs> and it's just like. What the, what the hell? Like, what what kind of, like, response is that guy expecting to get? Uh, yeah. An angry expression. I, yeah. I mean, like, you know, there, we've come across a lot of, you know, atrocious personalities uh, throughout the course of the show. But I feel like that guy in particular, like, I wouldn't be mad if he got ran over by a truck later <laughs> that day, right? <laughs> oh, my God. You don't know anything about that man. I mean, I know that he's like trying to like, you know, get Camilla riled up and insulting her, calling her plain J- like, I mean, so uncalled for. I think that's what all paparazzi do, though. Yeah, I guess I was just yeah, not a fan scum. of the lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's wild. Um, and then like Camilla predicted this and what Charles, I don't What did she want Charles to do? Do you remember in like, I think it was season three or four. They were in the car. I think season four. They talked about how, like, if this came out, like, everyone's going to turn against me. What did Charles do about that? <laughs> did he do anything for her? Well, yeah. Where does that fall in this timeline? Well, 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 hold on. The, the Well, there's a key distinction here. Like, 
the what they were talking about back then in season four concerned the idea of Charles leaving Diana specifically to like you know rush toward uh, Camilla and declare like hey uh, you know this is my new partner I'm in love with her I've been in love with her all along this is why my marriage uh, has fallen apart publicly uh, you know Charles and Diana have now separated but it has not been attributed to Camilla or anything up until now where suddenly the world finds out that there's more to the story. So this was, it was never the plan to do this. Do we buy that it was like the separation that was really kind of like the impetus for this coming out? Or do we think it was like, maybe if the book came out and they're like, oh, times are changing. Well, I, I, I would imagine that, you know, the, this editor of the Daily Mirror, Daily Mail or whichever publication it was, probably thought that like, okay, you know, if we, published this in 1989 while uh you know the the Waleses are still married then we're gonna you know sell more papers than we've ever sold in our publication history that one day and then afterward half the country will hate us and our you know numbers <laughs> might plummet afterward if they don't publish this are Camilla and her husband still together hmm. oh okay that's a good one um I mean, yeah, because I think for him, he's kind of been well aware and approving of this for many years now. But I think the fact that it's become public and now his name is also being dragged, then that that's that's where it changes for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there a non-Camilla world in an alternate universe? Non? What do you mean, Queen? Non-Queen? What is her title now? Queen? Oh, consort. Queen Consort or something? Queen Consort, yeah. yeah. All right, so later on, after this all happens, Anne goes to Charles's house for an asparagus lunch, and uh, basically, she just chats with him. Is she there as a spy, or like, is she just debriefing after? I'm confused, like, did Liz and Philip send her on this mission, or is she just actually going and then just chatting about it after? I feel like we would have to see her get sent, so I'm assuming she just kind of went there. But uh, yeah, afterwards, Anne debriefs with her family, the rest of the family, and she's like, you know what? Charles is, uh, he's ready to be king. He's strong, confident, and mature. And he set up a rival court. (laughs) That as well. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the next 30 years, Charles. He's so ready. Yeah. um, Charles is like any other vocation. I would be at the top of my game, but here I am riding the bench. Well, sorry, your get your job is an archaic thing where all you do is exist until your mom dies and that's your job. He's, yeah, yeah, the, the, he's so confident in his abilities too. It's like if I were in the private sector right now, I would be a director of product management. <laughs> yeah, Charles, what did you even study in college? Well, I wonder, like, could Charles theoretically pull out of being the next in line to the throne and just run to be a politician? I wonder if you're allowed to do that. I guess I mean, Harry did it. Not well, not, not to like become a politician, but like was able to like pull himself out of the family. Like if you fully like denounce everything, I well, the think Kennedys do that. When, I think it's different when you're the successor, though. Like the thing about Harry is that like he, you know, at this point in time was not gonna, uh, you know, ascend to the throne unless something terrible happened to William and his entire family. Like there was, it's different when you're the next in line and you're saying nah thanks well i don't know because did david not do anything because he didn't want to do anything or because he couldn't and no one like would let him do something else well with david it was a different story because he was already uh the monarch and 
suddenly, you know, he found his personal life becoming complicated in a way that he couldn't reconcile with his duties. And that's when he stepped away. But you, you kind of have to imagine that up until he made that realization that there would be no compromise, that he probably went into the, the monarchy thinking, all right, let's do this. I'm ready. Yeah. Because he, 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 he also grew up like prepared for the job, too. And he yeah. inherited it in middle age, probably somewhat similar to, you know, Charles right now. Did he? Was he like in his 30s? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, because like trying to remember what Guy Pierce looked like in the King's speech. He seemed <laughs> like he could be like late 30s, early 40s. So I wonder what the average age for ascending the throne was prior to Elizabeth. Uh, average. I mean, uh, you got to, th- I mean, I wonder if they were like, if it was a thing, they were usually younger. And Charles is like my window. It's passed me by. Yeah. Medical is too good these days. I mean, there was definitely more violent overthrows <laughs> back in Elizabeth, the day. Why don't you smoke? <laughs> um, all right. Well, while Ivan is looking this up, uh, we get John major back here. Hold for, on. I, I got it. The first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Early 40s is when when David would have uh, stepped up to the throne. Oh, so he's in David territory. Yeah, but we get John Major back here for the first time since I think the premiere. Is this like the least we've ever seen a prime minister in a season? They really don't care about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why? How did this guy draw the short straw? (laughs) I guess he didn't do anything. Has it really been since the premiere? I think so. Yeah. Wow. And and even here, he doesn't really say much or do much. No, he he basically tells Elizabeth that like people liked generally what Charles has to say, and Liz is like a monarch shouldn't be campaigning, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they get, and I guess he gets to announce the separation to uh to the <laughs> to Parliament. Now, Elizabeth brings up what I think could be considered a fair point. Like, is it the job of like a quote unquote inanimate monarch to try to like? appeal to you know different like like factions of people or is it just a matter of trying to like you know be someone who's universally inspiring that people flock to isn't it supposed to be the latter i don't know i just can't imagine any kings of yore like you know caring about what the peasants want i I think it's supposed to be the latter but when you start a commonwealth and invade mm. multiple foreign countries, then maybe it becomes the former. Yeah. yeah. Man, these people suck. Like, <laughs> why are we talking about them? Well, Ivan, can we talk about the end of the episode, which was so bizarre? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny because, like, the show, the show is kind of very self-aware about the way that it does this sudden abrupt transition to a type of end credits an ending that we've never seen before where like it does have like the traditional score that's kind of like soaring and has like a you know the typical uh you know crescendo ending and then all of a sudden it goes quiet and then jarringly hip-hop and charles break dancing <laughs> trying to break dance it's what the people want. No, it is not. What the, no, as a person, I, it is not what the people wanted. <laughs> I don't know. This was a very weirdly like rehabilitate Charles episode. And I want to know, like, did Peter Morgan get a note last season being like, you're too pro Diana. <laughs> Be more balanced. I, I don't even think that's it. I think part of it is, that OK, when we meet Charles in season three, this is the type of stuff that they focus on. The fact that he, you know, wants to kind of like break away, do his own thing. 
in season four, his entire storyline is consumed by Diana. Like we do not really get much of like Charles the individual and Charles the prospective ruler. I think this is the show's way of trying to, you know, position us back toward that a little bit. Um, And obviously the Diana stuff continues to unfold and will continue to unfold. But I don't know. I kind of appreciated this reminder that like, there's more to this guy than just Diana. Like, and, you know, Carlin, you mm. may disagree, but like, I, I thought from a narrative perspective, it worked. But at the same time, it, it certainly was a little overly generous to him. It, it just it was weird. I don't know. And then the other thing of just like kind of knowing the um, royal family and their racist undertones, you're like, oh, he's, what is he doing? <laughs> One 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 more thing about the Princess Trust, like the you know the the end title cards tell us that this started in 1976. Yeah. So like, where were the Josh O'Connor scenes of him like break dancing? So true. Where? When did you start this, <laughs> Josh O'Connor? That that's what I mean. It's like I feel like they're they're kind of playing a little bit of catch up and trying to like reposition Charles as like the uh, you know conflicted heir apparent rather than just the guy who's you know. Cheating on his like, wife. Well, yeah, yeah uh, for, for, for lack of better words. Um, but again, like I, I do like that we are starting to revisit uh, like this conflict that he has with Elizabeth about what the, the, the crown should be. Because we, we haven't gotten that in a while. And, you know, for what it's worth, like it's, it's important and, and, and interesting to watch. So before the season started, Dame Judi Dench was very upset. She said that this is all historical fiction. Do we think at this point we've seen what she saw? That uh, made her feel that way. Did wait? So did Judy Dench somehow get early access to season five? I still don't understand what happened there. I don't really understand what happened either. I don't know, it, or if this is maybe just on like things that she had heard. Can I just say that Dame Judy Dench was in the movie Shakespeare in Love? So like historical <laughs> fiction, be damned. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. So far, everything seems pretty par the course, but I guess it would depend on, is she like a monarchist? I don't know, but I feel like one of the things that people were saying was like the, I feel like people took issue with this portrayal of like Charles's court. Huh. Oh, were they like trying to imply that he's like more treacherous than he actually is? But there's nothing treacherous about this. Like he's setting up a team of like private secretaries. Like he's trying to like, you know, uh, push forward like a public agenda that he uh, will eventually need to be doing as part of his day job. Again, like this is I think this is open to a lot of interpretation. But from my perspective that like the guy's just trying to keep busy. All right. Anything else before we get into the Kinky Crown Award? I don't think so. All right, let's get into it. Carlin, I think we, 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 we're going to have to be very, very specific here because oh. I feel like you have to choose a line. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say the tampon wins. You think it's okay, but you can, you can choose the tampon as your line. Okay, I'm choosing the tampon. Let's see, which line do I want to choose? Because like that's clearly like the kinkiest thing in this episode. Yeah. Um, You're supposed to have something prepared, Sam. No, there's just so many. <laughs> Again, I'm, you're I'm supposed go with, to have one okay, prepared and I, shortlisted. I, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's when he hangs up the phone and he says he's going to press the tit. Yeah, it's got to be that. We'll see what the viewers think in our <laughs> poll. This is perhaps the most interesting Kinky Crown Award that we've had in some time. Yeah. But 
at the same time, the least interesting because it is so obvious. It's so obvious, yeah. Uh, honestly, if either of you had uh, nominated something outside of the phone call, I probably would have given it to you for creativity. <laughs> well, um, it's not your lucky day. I know. I feel like everything that I noted was from this. It was like, Charles says, like, the bet is lucky. Camilla tells Charles he's good at feeling his way along. We have another uh, yeah, in and out. <laughs> yeah. Another in and out. What is it with these guys? All right. That's uh, <laughs> that's the way ahead. Uh, we're up or and down the way on this forward. Episode. And the way up or down on this episode. Uh, I, I guess the side. Yeah, the... De definitely pointing upward, but not all the way to the skies. Um, all right. So next week, we will be diving into the crown episode 506. I don't know how to say this name. Is it Ipativ? We'll find out. Okay, Ipativ House. Um, eager to lead a newly democratic Russia, President Yeltsin tries to win the Queen's support while she navigates new rifts in her marriage with Philip. Love to see it. Some classic Liz and Phil dysfunction. <laughs> Carlin, why are you stroking her microphone? It's very loud. <laughs> oh, wait, it is? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that that should have been obvious uh that's yeah, the kinky crown out. award <laughs> no <laughs> just sam, sam, sam please keep this in the episode i definitely agree carlin you have usurped charles and camilla's phone call <laughs> all right uh ivan if people want to talk to you about the crown the royal family any of that stuff where can they connect with you just, uh, yeah, I don't have a club answer. Just uh, hit me up, me at IvanVukovic.com or Crown Around Pod on Twitter. Are Crown we on Hive it. yet? Have we set up uh, our presence <laughs> on the new generation of uh, social media? What is uh, Hive? I, well, at least Writer Twitter's on there. It's just like a social media app. It's kind of yeah. like Twitter. If we need writer, to get on Hive. The fact we need to get writer on Mastodon. Is on Hive. No. <laughs> All right, Carl, what about you? Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald, Instagram at Carlin underscore G. All right. And I'm on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But as Ivan said, the best place to reach us is on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. And that is all we got for you. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. And God save the queen. God save God the queen. Save the queen. <laughs>